Hiring is hard. Express Employment Professionals make it easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express Employment Professionals is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. Is your calendar filling up with weddings and invites? Are you trying to figure out the perfect outfit and gift for each of the events? Well, then head over to Macy's.com and check off your to-do list at Macy's. They've got the latest spring dresses, shoes, jewelry, clutches, so you can pull together a look for any dress code. Plus, they have incredible cookware, home decor, and bedding that would make the perfect gift. Check out Macy's Wedding Shop to help you get celebration ready at Macy's.com slash wedding shop. This show is partnering with No CD to raise awareness about relationship OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your parenting or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to NOCD.com to get evidence-based treatment. That's NOCD.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Wind Down with Jana Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. <laughs> Never gets old. Uh, Mark is spicy today. Is he? He's what do you do? He's spicy. Did I miss That's the best word I can say for him right now. He's just spicy. He's ready to battle. You are. What's up with Since you? It's been a long week, and it's only Tuesday morning. I mean, what do you do? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> that stings. It's okay. It's technically, it's technically, you know, Monday. Not bad. Four thirty. <laughs> that's normal. Yeah, normal day. Oh. Mark Mark uh, is the producer of the Ryan Seacrest show, and he he has the pleasure of doing our show. <laughs> <laughs> the privilege. It is a pleasure. Right. It's a delight <laughs> right. to watch you two each week. Well, I just I like it when you're spicy. Oh, thank you. You just I don't know. You just have a little chew to you, and I like it. <laughs> I appreciate that. We were right, talking. Can you, you can relate. Yeah. No. We were talking about that on the way here. I said, if I ever have an assistant, <laughs> oh go, man, Oof. I just. <laughs> The thing for me is I, I'm, I'm always like five steps ahead. Yeah. So it's hard for someone to be six steps. You naturally kind of expect people to read your mind. A hundred percent. Not everyone sees the world like you. Well, I get my timelines. My timeline is just different than most people. (laughs) So I like to just, I want to do it. I want it done now, which is what we get. On each other for sometimes. Again, if you sat down. <laughs> like, for example, <laughs> we're just going through our house stuff right now <clears throat> with the builds. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, that cough. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Oh, great. I... <laughs> no, no, no. One, one, one thing, we're on this one. Okay. So we're going through the house thing, and we have to change something with our builder. So I was like, are you going to call Justin? He's like, yeah, I'll call him. Two seconds later. I'll, I'll call Justin. I'll call him. He's like, no, I'll call him. I was like. <laughs> 
Why isn't your phone in your hand? Because <laughs> again, it could give me two minutes just to finish processing my thoughts or what we were looking at. I know. It's like, bad. Oh, well, I can call him. I'm like easy, Tiger. Like I got it. I'll just call him. <laughs> Time. It's, it's all good. It's ridiculous. I know my timeline is just now. Um, <laughs> and then that cough, literally at three o'clock in the morning, it's like he wanted to wake me up because. <laughs> At three o'clock in the morning, I see his face in my face, and he goes, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, good morning, hello." I guess I'm up. <laughs> guess I'm up now. I don't know what it is. Did you just want me to wake up? No, <laughs> I thought I was dying. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't he, breathe. He's had this thing. Actually, I'm kind of concerned. Go ahead. About what? You can't breathe in the middle of the night. Well, it happened like once where I got up in the middle of the night and I was having chest pains. <laughs> And I could not, ca- I couldn't Sorry, catch my breath. Laughing. I couldn't, and I was like up by the door, like <laughs> slant, hit him in the wall because I was like, ah. and Jana's like, are you okay? And I wanted to say like, shut up, like I'm dying, but I couldn't. So that was, it was really weird. It was actually really scary. And then yeah. la- last night, I kind of had the feeling of similar where I'll take a deep inhale and when I get to the top of my breath, I'd kind of start to feel that again. I'm like, what the hell is going on with me? It sounds like anxiety. Is what I told but this, him this morning. This is like a physical thing. This doesn't seem like a... Anxiety is physical. It's not just in your head, even though you think it's always just in my head. <laughs> this isn't just in your head. <laughs> I mean, it could be anxiety. It could be physical. It could be both. I had a, yeah. I had a roommate who's actually still a, a good friend and godfather of one of my kids. He had an issue when he would wake up in the middle of the night uh-huh. in whatever position he was in that would cause this, and his throat would close. Oh. And so you would wake up to him literally running around the house going... <laughs> <laughs> it was awful and scary, but he'd be running around making that noise. And the first time it happened, we didn't know what was going on. And then we kind of got used to it, unfortunately. But it's a scary thing. Oh, it's terrible. Like, what would he do? He would have to run around. He'd run around the house, which I don't think that's necessary. No, but he would have to calm down. He, he would calm. Eventually, he would. The panic would subside, and it would. He would calm down, and then it would start to get better. Oh my God, it's terrifying. It was terrifying. Like I'd die. Well, you need to figure that out. But I think in that moment, whenever I've had anxiety, if whether it's anxiety or not, but breathing, to open up your lungs, you put your arms up. So for your daughter, too, if for some reason you're having anxiety or anything like that, you put, put your, your arm, hands up. Put your, you put your hands up and your lungs open up, apparently. That's what someone told <laughs> All me. All right, well. I probably read in Cosmo, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll try it, but. Yeah. I mean, so we've been up, really, we got Easton and Mark beat because we've been up since like three. That's true. Yeah, we yeah you guys have been Because of the cough. Because, because of the cough. The cough. I, like, the cough I, and I said, thank you, because I have not been able to go to bed, because then I was up, and then Jay started crying, and then I was I had the middle of the night feed, so, yeah. Go, team, go. Go, team, go. Well, so fun. So, what's up, babe? What do you want to talk I about? I had an interesting, so I saved this, you know, you always talk about save it for the podcast. So. Uh-oh. Are we going to get in a fight? I really don't want to fight. I'm in a great mood. I really like you right now. Valentine's Day. Like, it's all good. All right. Well, scratch that for next week. Yeah. No. Oh. no, no, no. It's a, it's not it's not a fight. It's. Oh, no. It's something about us, it's in It's introspection. What's what, That's what we talk about. Fine. Give the people what they want to hear. Fine. Um, so when we were up in Monterey. Oh, no. Right at the golf tournament this past weekend. Uh-huh. We got home from the tournament. Uh-huh. And we were kind of. Winding down, pun intended. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, back home to the hotel or like home to the house? No, at the hotel. Okay. Okay. And you went in the bathroom and started a bath. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as soon as you did that, I immediately started to get anxiety. Really? 
because this is so funny because I have something to say around this. I just assumed that <laughs> I anticipated you saying, "Hey, like I'm drawing a bath. Do you want to come in?" And my initial thought was like, "No, like no, like I'm gonna have to say no to her." That was my thought. Is I'm gonna have to say no to you, uh-huh. and then you're gonna, you know, get upset and be like, "You don't want to be intimate," and uh-huh. blah blah blah. But by allowing you just to do that and me stay in the other room and I got to go to the bathroom while you're we're in there. <laughs> you have to take a poop. <laughs> we're a relaxing bubble bath. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> no, that time I didn't. I still had to, but that time I didn't. So I go in and go to the bathroom and I was like nervous to go in the bathroom because I'm like, she's going to see me. She's going to be like, hey, come in the bath with me. So I, I get in and get out safe. Like I made it out safe and alive. <laughs> Without me asking. Without you asking. Yeah. I was like, okay, anxiety gone. But then sitting in bed, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to go in there. (laughs) But it was because. But it's weird. It's but that's how I felt. It was because you did not ask me. I didn't feel the pressure ultimately to to not do it. Like I just ended up doing it because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But it's like it's something with me when it's someone else's idea, or someone else's you know motivate it's i'm uncomfortable with it for whatever reason and that could even be sometimes when you ask me if y'all want to work out because it was your idea i'm like "Ah, actually i'm okay right now but if i had the idea before that and i wouldn't go work out like i'm completely motivated where does that come from i don't know but it's just something i've I've noticed in more in in different kinds of situations whether again it's something intimate like the bath or something as stupid as working out that's so interesting. So, I mean, even that probably correlates too with when we're in bed and you felt like we had to have sex and then that's when you get yeah, in your head because yeah. it was always the routine. In the past two months, we've had more sex yeah. than, than we have in the last year. Give us a, give us a sound. <laughs> that's it. That's the sex sound. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It's just something that I'll dive into with. My therapist. I have that too. Maybe that's a guy thing. I hate really? being told what to do. I and it. I will anticipate like, she's going to want me to wash, give the dog a bath today. I need to give the dog a bath before she asks me to. Right, and I don't know what that is. You don't have a problem that. doing it. But don't if she asks you, it's like, it be- I don't know if it becomes I, I, a chore. Why, why are you asking me? Like, you can't do it. Uh, it becomes because- a chore, an obligation, right. all that stuff. But if I do it first, Maybe it's because I want to be the hero. I'm like, oh, you did it all but without my asking you. Hey, Wait, hey that, there's something to be said about that. There is something to be said about that. But I try to beat her to it. Yeah. It's a, that's interesting. Yeah. But it, it's not that they're asking you for something. It's it's more of a, hey, come in the come to the bath with me or cuddle with me or work out with me. That's not that's not a chore. Or did but did you take that as a chore? When I'm when I'm asked, even when I'm asked to do something, sometimes I might take it that way. Interesting. So again, like Mark said, like if it's my idea, I have no issue doing it. But if I would have waited five minutes, and even if I had the idea to do it, but you beat me to the punch and you asked me if I could do something or requested that I do something. Ah. Even if it's like, been like, hey, you want to work out tonight or want to work out today? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Same with you, like Mark, on that. It makes it feel like a chore. I think really? I see where he's coming from. I, I can't, the, the, the bathtub stuff, I got to stay away from. <laughs> <laughs> but the other, but, the, but yeah, I could see the workout thing making it seem like a chore for sure. Yeah, it's like if it wasn't my idea, then it doesn't feel like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just something that came up for me. I'm super curious to see what your therapist and where that comes from. I know. 
I mean, I've, you know me, I've always had an issue with well, people you don't telling like, me what to do. Yeah, you don't like that, but this is different. This is me being like, hey, spend some time with me. I know, but it's like because it wasn't my idea, I get uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to know something funny around the bathtub thing, though? Let's hear it. <laughs> this is so funny that you brought this up. I was actually annoyed that you came in the bathtub. <laughs> oh, what the heck? I can't do anything. I was, because it was like, this is my time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. That's what's so funny. That's why I started laughing when you brought this up because I'm like, man, the little does he time. know. I know. I was I was initially, because that's why I didn't ask you because I didn't want you to come in. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely wanted to just relax on my own. We just spent, you know, the entire day walking around a golf course, you know, for you. And I just wanted to have my moment to just be in the bath and relax with the lavender, you know, bath salts. and. Oh, my. That is hilarious. And then, you know what's so funny is I almost said something to you like, babe, don't feel pressured to come in the bathtub because I actually want to be in the bath by myself. So that's how I didn't ask. And then when you came in, I, I almost said something like, no, no, it's, you're you're good. Like, you don't have to come in. But then I was like, well, he's he's trying because he probably feels like he has to. So and then ended up being a great bath. Hell yeah, was, <laughs> girl. But initially I was annoyed when you got in. <laughs> so funny it is isn't it that's that's interesting and what's interesting is say i say i didn't come in right and i would i would have i would have thought the rest of the night i would have been like you know what she wanted me in the bath and i didn't go in so even if you wanted to be intimate later that night Mm -hmm. i probably would have been a little bit more uncomfortable because knowing in the back of my head that i probably disappointed you that i didn't come in the bath and now you're trying to be intimate now and I just play those games in my head. It's just, it's weird. But of course. If she had said to you before you got in, if she had said, by the way, I'm going to take a bath, but don't feel like you need to come in. I really just want to spend some alone time. Would that have been fine? Or would you be like, oh. It, it would have been totally fine. But I would have had the same feeling I ultimately had where it's like, well, I kind of want to get in the bath. Because she told, because I was off the hook. Right. And there's no pressure at all. It would have been 100% my idea because I want to come into the bath. This I probably would have. So funny. I probably would have wanted to, but I would. I wouldn't have. But I would have been like, mm, you know, I want to come in. But this is so funny. <laughs> I love this. It's the beauty of this podcast. Yeah. It's, yes. It's what were you thinking all this week in our married interactions? Yeah. Right. And this is what. And the one time you don't want me to be intimate or join you. <laughs> I just wanted to relax. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do much of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Easton. There it is. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear. Will you will you keep our podcast listeners up to date on that? <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be dying to find out <laughs> what I the am. whole story is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will. I'll, I'll check in with A.A. Ron about it and get back to you. Love it. Okay, so Joybird believes that you should never settle when it comes to your home furnishings and that you should always have the freedom to be boldly original. So what I love about Joybird is that each piece is made by hand with care and precision using high quality hardwood and responsibly sourced materials to fit your exact specifications. And there's a lifetime limited warranty included. So the best part for me, though, is that there is a 365 day home trial, (laughs) which is insane. So skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home. You actually get to sit on it, sleep on it, break it in. And if you don't love your Joybird, return for a free refund. And it's hassle-free in-home delivery. So they'll even remove all the package materials. You won't have any boxes around your house and you get free returns within two weeks of delivery. So we're starting to order furniture for our new house in Nashville. And I actually just ordered the Merritt couch and Taylor felt gray with the Mocha wood legs from Joybird. 
and they have the endless like color options and you can choose the color of stain you want on your furniture legs, which I think is fantastic. So we can shop for any piece of furniture for any room in our house. They have everything. See how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash Jana. Go to joybird.com slash Jana and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code Jana. Okay, so everyone has been asking, DMing, commenting. Where's Jen? Where's Jen? What's going on with Jen? Jen? <laughs> I'm here. She's I'm here. Something. I'm out of my office. Out of the office. And... So Jen is the producer of the Ryan Seacrest show. Well. Oh, whoops. Mark no? is the executive producer of I always get the On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Yes. I sort of oversee the national show and American Top 40. And then the branding that comes in for the shows. Hmm. which can be really demanding at the end of the year and the beginning of the year. Yeah, so Jen is, she's a busy lady. So that's why she's been absent for a little while, but we love her and she's she's a wine downer. So she's, you know, whenever. Yes, yes. whenever. How's Rocco? He's, so, he's great. Yeah? He's so much fun. He is really getting into sports okay. right now. We went to Hawaii and the first day we were there, we were at the beach and I threw the football for two and a half hours. <laughs> and at one point I thought to myself, I'm not going to be able to move my arm tomorrow. And I woke up the next morning. So sore. I couldn't move my right arm. So Stop. of course he wakes up and he says, let's go play football. And oh. I was like, I, I can't move my arm. He goes, just use the other one. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm out there and I'm trying to throw with my my left arm, which I can't even really throw a football anyways. Let's, you know, be honest. And he's like, that's not good enough. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) You know what? Easy. I'm going to go wake your uncle up. He can throw the football with you. So was the man there? No. No. Are you you guys not together anymore? No, we're together. Oh, okay. But he goes to the East Coast to visit his parents. Okay. And this was a trip with my sister, who doesn't have children and oh that sister like your sister's sister who <laughs> yes. you guys aren't like oh, okay into her husband and then Rocco and me and it was an incredible trip we went to Maui we have this like fancy cousin we I call him the fancy cousin um <laughs> and he has a house there so he he was like just go use it it's not yeah. being and we went oh it's it was, great it was incredible and it was fabulous and um I played a lot of football a lot. And that was over the holidays? That was over the holidays. Then we what got happened? back Christmas night, yeah. like at 11 o'clock at night, and I opened the gate, and there was water everywhere. And I was like, wow, it must have rained here today. Oh, and then all of a man. sudden, I looked at the garage, and I was like, wait, the water's coming out of the garage. And then I went upstairs, and the whole, <gasps> all the walls were all bubbles. Oh, no. It was like Home Alone. It was... Yes. Remember? Yes. Home Alone 2. In New York? Yeah, the old man. No. Which one was that? It wasn't two, no, was it, it was the three? first one. Oh. Was it the first one? I don't know. I've watched all three of those was at it, least the house. Times. The house, yeah. Flooded. Flooded. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty much, that was it. So then that was a three-week affair, and I was in an Airbnb. Jeez, girl. So you've been, like, going through it. it crazy. Goodness. Crazy, but I just roll with it. You know, you just can't. And you're happy with the guy. Everything's good. He's great. Love. Yeah. So between all that, I don't know how you haven't had time to come on the show, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Not busy at all. All the contractors. <laughs> it was like, you know, schedule after schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Coming off of that, today we have special guest, Dr. Kristen, who's here to talk about lovely subject of fertility. Ooh. Hey, Dr. Kristen. Hi. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you. Where's your office? Downtown. Downtown? Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're in a, like, right off of the 110. Okay. Good Sam Hospital. And then, Jen, you've shared your your fertility issues on the show. Have I? Have I? I'm not sure. Refresh us. Okay, so I've never been on birth control. My Ever? Enti- never. Okay. Never. Not once. Okay. And I was married for 12 years before I even, you know, got pregnant, which is a very long time to uh-huh. be, you know, yeah. it was, and we weren't careful. Um, it's a long time. It, it's a very <laughs> long time. So when I was starting to get older, I thought, I, you know, well, we have to get serious about this. So I bought one of the digital ovulation calculators uh-huh. and I started going to acupuncture uh, twice a week in the beginning. And I drank this weird tea <laughs> three times a day that I really, I have no idea what was in it. I probably should have asked, but it took about six to seven months and then I finally got pregnant. And it's really funny because I knew immediately. I was like two weeks pregnant and I knew I was at a, um, like a summer pool party uh-huh. and was drinking a ton of tequila. And the next morning, <laughs> I was like, a ton of tequila? Her eyes just got real big. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, wow, I feel awful. Like not normal awful. I was like, there's... I must be pregnant. So I got like I got ready for work. I was launching the Oprah Winfrey Network. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And I stopped at the Rite Aid and got a bunch of pregnancy tests and went to work. Oh my God. <laughs> went into the bathroom and started taking pregnancy tests. So I found out I was pregnant in the Oprah Winfrey Network bathroom. Oh, and I was like two my. weeks pregnant. Well hungover. How did you tell your So hungover? Yeah. Like nothing. <laughs> did I had you ever drink experienced... though that day to, to to get the hangover over? No, because I was pregnant. But it's like, like that first day. I, I know I, every I time like, I always did, I'm like, oh. like I'm so hungover, there has to be more to this than just being <laughs> <Yeah>. hungover. <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> it was so crazy. So I never officially found out if I had fertility issues. But I just suspected, yeah, because it it was I had to make it my job. Um, yeah, I mean, twelve <laughs> years without using any protection, not really paying attention, right? At some point along the way, you would have thought that you would have got pregnant at least once, at least once, yeah. right? For sure. Are there a lot of women though that have chemical pregnancy, like chemical losses, so that they actually get pregnant, but they just think it's their period? Absolutely. I think that. Um, in the first couple of days after, like, when your period's supposed to come, mm-hmm. you can't even pee on a stick because it'll still be negative oftentimes. We can see it in our office if someone comes in for a blood test. But if you're two, three days late, some of those women could be having biochemicals. And they just there's not really a way, any way to tell when you're at home. Right. Do you recommend or would you recommend, because I know when Jana and I started to try to get pregnant and... We just kind of started trying just on our own. And then finally, we weren't having success. So then we went in to see her OB and um, ultimately had to get some things done to maximize our, you know, the possibility of having a child. Was that the hysteroscopy? Yeah, hysteroscopy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, do you think that's something that's beneficial where if a young woman wants to start looking at that, where she just starts off by going to see her doctor and be like, hey, I'm thinking about having kids. Let's try to check everything right now so they're not, quote unquote, wasting time or... Because we had the HSG test where we would have been trying for years and I would have gotten pregnant because I would have never known that my my tubes were blocked. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I actually do think it's a wonderful idea for women to think about that. One, because there are so many things that probably need to be checked out before you're even thinking about fertility things. Like, are you immune to chicken pox? And mm. do you have medical issues that maybe need to be managed before you get pregnant? Um, so it's always a good idea to talk to an OBGYN. And then a lot of people don't really understand the timing of when is the right time to have sex in order to get pregnant. And so if you're not educated on that and you don't want to read on it online or something like that, you can talk to your OBGYN about that. Um, in terms of actually just jumping in and doing fertility diagnostic testing before you've even tried, I think it's reasonable, certainly depending on what your age is. Most couples are going to get pregnant in those first three months. We think about half of them are going to get pregnant. And then in six months, it's probably about 70%. So if you're at three months and it hasn't been working and you're nervous about it, and it's just going to give you some peace of mind that you can just kind of keep on trying on your own without intervening necessarily, I think it's fine to go see your doctor and say, hey, you know, I don't, you know, if my insurance doesn't pay for it, I'm happy to pay for it out of pocket. But I just kind of it would make me feel a lot better and make me a little bit more calm in this process because it can be so stressful. Especially when you're trying to have a baby. That's, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. we've had friends that just try for years and it's like when you actually try, who were we just talking about last night? We were talking uh, to my friend Sherry and it's like when you oh, actually yeah. try to have a baby, it's so hard. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that most, I think many women are really aren't seeking treatment when they need to, mm -hmm. right? They've been trying for six months, a year, two years and they haven't seen anyone yet. And you're absolutely right. For those women, there could have been something that we could have identified in the beginning that could have just saved them all that time and all that anguish and grief. Does any of that uh, have to do with maybe a young woman is fearful of maybe what they might find out, or is it just more of... Absolutely. Really? <laughs> right. Or I didn't know if it was more of just like, oh, no, I'm just, you know, I'll get pregnant, just overconfidence, I guess. I just thought I would get pregnant. At right. some point, although as I got older, I knew that I had to be proactive mm -hmm. and I was going to go to the doctor at some point if I didn't, you know, if I didn't get pregnant with the holistic approach that I took. And I will tell you, you know, I think I've talked about my ex-mother-in-law mm -hmm. a little bit, haven't I? Yeah. She's fun. <laughs> um, it was really funny because as soon as I was announcing that I was pregnant, she took full credit for it, which I thought was fantastic because she said, oh, my God, it's been 12 years and you have never gotten pregnant. I spent all day five months ago oh, praying, which I I love that she was praying and that energy is great. Um, I want to support that. But it what she took full credit and I and it could be. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't the acupuncture and tea. Mm -hmm. It, you know, whatever. But I just, you know, she took full credit for um, the baby. Of course she did. <laughs> it's fantastic. I think that young women are so much more aware of fertility issues now. And a lot of that is just a lot of the press with egg freezing and that they know that that's an option. And because egg freezing is out there, and yeah, a lot of young women are doing it. I think more young women are 
aware of the fact that age is sometimes and oftentimes an issue as you get older. And so because of that are more proactive. So for example, at my office, we have a diagnostic testing program. So you can come in and have some levels checked and have an ultrasound. I'm not going to be able to predict if you're going to be able to get pregnant next month if you try, but I certainly can sometimes identify issues that may be problematic later Mm-hmm. So that you can kind of get a jump on it and maybe do egg freezing if that's something that you're considering or just kind of plan up more thoughtfully how you're going to manage when you're going to get pregnant, depending on how many kids you want, and how old you are. What age do you recommend that women start freezing their eggs? Well, the early best 30s, time to do it. Right? Yeah, early 30s. Mm-hmm. It makes the most sense because you want to do it under the age of 35, mm-hmm. but you don't want to necessarily do it too young where a bunch of 21 year olds are going around freezing their eggs and they're never going to use them. What um, happens to those eggs? Are they donated? Can people um, we adopt have, them? We, we, so we had an embryo that we were freezing for a while. We ended up using it, got pregnant, but lost it. But mm-hmm. on that sheet, Janet says like, if so if he dies or if we break up or if I die or whatever, mm-hmm. what we can do with that embryo. So mm-hmm. either we give it away for adoption adoption or, essentially mm-hmm. or it goes to testing or they unthought and it goes away it's it's, it's very weird yeah wow yeah because because you're but to us when we were saying that i'm like this but this is a, a child right but they're like no it's a petri dish of a child i'm like no but it's a child it could be a child yeah and we, we so had to dehumanize it a little bit to be like all right well do we want you know, spawn of us around if we're not around. Right. Just, you know, it, was, it, it was weird. So yeah, that's strange. a really difficult yeah. decision to make. It, it's really hard. I think there are, I mean, there are some places where you can donate embryos to other couples. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not incredibly common, but it definitely mm-hmm. happens. I think we haven't faced the issue of what's going to happen if we have a bunch of leftover eggs at some point. Right. Um, I do think that just like with embryos, there will be something set up someday that those eggs could be potentially donated to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't really crossed that threshold because we're just starting to get to the point where women who froze their eggs eight years ago are finally coming back. And that's what I'm seeing in my practice, which is really exciting. Do you think wow. it's like, obviously, as we're seeing in society, the trend of couples getting married later, having children later in life, do you think that's more of just kind of monogamy going downhill or is it, or is it, or (laughs) honestly, or, and divorce rates increasing, or is it also women being more successful in more careers and they're more career driven nowadays than they were, you know, decades ago? Um, What are you saying, Mike? We're not career driven? (laughs) No, no, no. No, I'm just saying because, because of all, you know, society is giving women more opportunities to be more career driven. So I was just curious if you thought it was more one than the other or. I mean, from the patients that are coming into my office, I think it's probably a little bit of both, probably more um, that they are very focused on their careers. And so they're not as focused necessarily on getting married and having babies right away. Mm -hmm. I think there is definitely a different mentality with some of the millennials about their outlooks on marriage. And that's evolving and changing too. Um, the age at where women are having their first baby is getting trending up in the United States. A little bit. So I'm 35. We have two kids, but if we were to have another one and we've had a handful of miscarriages, so our chances of having a miscarriage again would be significantly high, right? Because we've had so many or, and then also with my age in tow with that. So all those things can contribute to that. So your age is probably actually the most important predictor in terms of having a miscarriage. 
Really? Um, okay. Yes, because as women get older, their embryos, right, are more likely to be chromosomally abnormal. Just means that the um, number of chromosomes is off. There's either too many or too little. Mm-hmm. And so that happens more commonly as you get older. And those chromosomal abnormalities account for 70% of miscarriages. Oh, wow. So age is a huge predictor in terms of miscarriages. If you've had a couple of miscarriages before, then you are a little bit more likely to have another miscarriage. Mm-hmm. But even if you've had two miscarriages in a row, the chance that when you get pregnant the next time that you're going to have a baby is 70%. It's really yeah. high. Yeah. Um, and especially if in your situation where you've had losses and then you've had pregnancies after, then it's even a little bit higher. Okay. I've had a lot of people talk about endometriosis. They've always asked me questions because we have done two rounds of IVF. So this was from um, Keisha. She said, I haven't started IVF yet, but I have been through many cycles of medicines and three failed cycles of IUI. Do you have any tips on getting pregnant with endometriosis before trying IVF? Endometriosis. Endometriosis is tough. Um, what is that exactly? Because everyone, I, I n- email them like, I don't fully know. Understood yeah. what it is. Okay. So inside the uterus, there's the cavity, right? And the cavity is where the baby grows. Okay. And it's this potential space and it has a lining. And so each month when you're getting your period, you're shedding that lining. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I okay. That, yeah. So we're following that. So what happens for all women is that sometimes some of those cells go backwards through the fallopian tubes and then they land in the abdominal cavity. Now, what happens if you don't have endometriosis is those cells just recognize they're in the wrong place and they go away. Uh-huh. But if you have endometriosis, then for whatever reason, they stick um, and they cause problems depending on where they land. So if they land on the nerve fibers right behind the uterus, then they cause women to have really bad pain. And so that's one of the hallmark symptoms of endometriosis. If they land on the fallopian tubes, right, they can cause scarring and block the fallopian tubes. If they land on the ovaries, they can actually get into the ovaries and decrease the number of eggs, right? And then all of the cells that are there create this environment that's actually not really great for the eggs. And so it can decrease the quality of the eggs. So it can cause many different problems. Um, In terms of treatment for endometriosis, the most common treatment is medications, but they're hormonal medications and they're not really compatible with trying to get pregnant at the same time. So for example, the first line treatment is birth control pills. You can't take birth control pills. (laughs) You're trying to get pregnant. It doesn't work. Um, So you can do surgery. And we know from some studies that doing surgery can improve your odds of getting pregnant. But when you're doing surgeries, we have to operate on 12 women and treat their endometriosis where we basically go in with surgery and burn all the little lesions Mm -hmm. that are there. Um, You have to treat 12 women in order to get one pregnancy. And so with the fertility treatments that we have with intrauterine inseminations and with IVF, we can replicate those successes without having to do surgery. So most of the time now, unless there's another indication to do surgery, if it's just that you're having a hard time getting pregnant, most likely you're just going to go to the fertility treatments. And so there isn't anything extra that we can do. How many women have endometriosis? Like, is it one out of what? We think it may be as high as one out of 10. Wow, It's really common. And so we think that um, for many women who have unexplained infertility, which is a large proportion, that a lot of those women probably have endometriosis. It's just undiagnosed. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe I have it. Easton, did you write all that Maybe, down? Yeah. You get all that? My wife has endometriosis. Oh, does she? And, yeah, and it's uh, it's been quite this. Just getting diagnosed with it was a huge struggle. She had uh, problems with pain for a really long time, and all the doctors are like, all of male doctors are like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. And uh, 
she finally got diagnosed and she had the surgery. But she so, what does the surgery do? do they they take away the it's um, beads, I guess. Is you can yeah, they're little lesions. They the look lesions, like little okay. red or black brown spots, okay. and you burn them, burn or them. you okay, can excise them, mean okay. cut them out. Yeah, what was it called? The um, something scopic laparoscopic. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's it. Um, anyway, but she she has to have that surgery again. Like she had it three years, four years ago. Why does she have to have it again? Because they come back. Oh. Yeah, it's a progressive disease. I mean, every time you have your period, there's just more cells that are floating back into the abdominal cavity. And so that's why being on birth control, for example, can slow that process down. So it can slow the progression of the disease, but it can't eradicate it, unfortunately. So what are you guys going to do then for for trying for a baby? Is that something we've thought about IVF or? I mean, we're, we, we haven't, we haven't tried yet, but we're we're preparing ourselves. We're just like when it happens, when we're trying, we're gonna have to do that probably, just because of the. Are the odds better for endometriosis couples to do IVF versus trying to get pregnant on their own? Yeah. Well, a lot of women with endometriosis will actually be able to get pregnant. So just because you have endometriosis doesn't mean that you're gonna have infertility. And the interesting thing about endometriosis is that how much disease is in there is not necessarily predictive of how hard or easy it's going to be to get pregnant. Okay, so this is, thank you, by the way, for being here. Um, I want to get to some more emails, but first. Okay, look, you spend a third of your life in between your sheets. And now that Jana and I have two kids, that time in our bed is more important than ever. And for us, our choice is Brooklinen because their mission is to make five-star hotel quality sheets more affordable and easy to order. And our Brooklinen sheets are the best most comfortable sheets we've ever slept on. And now it's your time to upgrade. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code Jana at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code Jana at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code Jana. Brooklinen, they really are the best sheets ever. Okay, one of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth. Yet most of us don't do it properly. So Quip has designed a toothbrush to make brushing more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes, or clean evenly. But Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping you get a full and even clean. And I was skeptical about this at first because I'm an old-fashioned guy that just likes to grab a toothbrush and brush as hard as I can. But after watching Jana use it and the ease of use and how well it works, not going to lie, she converted me. One of the other reasons that we love Quip so much is that they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. And Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Jana right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at get. Q-U-I-P dot com slash Jana. Go get your quip. All right, so this email is from Molly, and it's why am I not ovulating? Mm -hmm. I am 26, and I went off birth control two years ago, and my cycle was non-existent until about March. She put me on Provera and and discovered I was not ovulating. She then put me on Provera and Clomid for three cycles. No success. She told me there's nothing more she can do for me and that I need to go to a fertility specialist. Excuse me. I was wondering what your thoughts were and what the next steps are to take. So for her, she's just not ovulating at all, correct? Correct. Doesn't say why. No. Um, I mean, you need to try and figure out why. So I'm sure her doctor did that. There are some hormonal 
imbalances that can cause problems with ovulation. The most common reason why women don't ovulate is something called polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh, that's another PCOS. thing that came up. Sure. Yeah, that's that was a few other questions yeah. in here too. Was the piece? Yeah, what is that? Also, really common. About one in ten women have it, wow. and it's becoming more and a more more and more of a problem as you know the average and, and weight of American women goes up because it can be weight related. Oh, is that what causes it? Not all the time. Oh. So PCOS is kind of the syndrome and where like the end result is that you don't have regular periods. And there's oh, also okay. hormonal imbalances where you just kind of have like higher balance of testosterone versus estrogens, just the easiest way to think about it. Um, some women are kind of born genetically with it. And so they can be super thin. Um, doesn't matter what their weight is. They will always have PCOS. There are other women that are maybe predisposed to having it. And it's only when they gain weight that they have all of these symptoms. And though for those women, and, and that's kind of where the higher proportion of PCOS is right now in this country, um, if they lose weight, all right, and it can be very challenging to lose weight, um, but if they lose weight, then their periods can go back and become regular again. Hmm. Yeah. And so for all of those women, and in, in the end, kind of, whether you, you want to make sure you tackle something if they have a thyroid problem or whatever that's throwing their periods out of whack. Um, but the end result is that you really have to give them medication to help them ovulate. And Clomid is one of them um, for women who have PCOS. It's actually not the first line therapy anymore. Um, there's another medication called Letrozole that has now kind of supplanted um, Clomid as the first line therapy for PCOS. Are those hormone is that hormone they therapy? They are. So both Clomid and Letrozole mm -hmm. work in a way where they are kind of tricking the brain to make this hormone that's called FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone, and that's the signal the brain sends down to the ovary to make an egg grow. And so with PCOS, it's just, you know, they have the capability of doing that. The signals are all just kind of messed up. Like the brain, I always think it, tell patients like the brain and the ovaries are just not talking to each other and they're not in sync. And so we just kind of need to sync them up so that every can, everything can work correctly. This is just so hard because as I'm hearing all this stuff, everything that us like women have to go through with our bodies, I know you guys go through a lot too, babe, and I'm not saying that sarcastically at all. I know you guys have, you know, your stuff, but when it comes to us having, you know, trying to get pregnant and not being able to be pregnant, especially if, when we want to be mom, like that's so, it's hard. All these issues that could cause us not to be a mom is just makes me really sad. And that's what leads me kind of into this one from Amanda. <laughs> She goes, I have a wonderful husband who loves our little girl in a way that has exceeded every expectation I've had of him as a dad. So we decided to try for another baby. However, the first time around, the test was negative, then the second, and then the third. We just got our sixth negative test in a row. My husband is so great and supportive, but even this last time, you can tell it's starting to weigh on him. I'm trying so hard to stay positive. I was hoping you could talk about how to handle the situation and how to deal with loss in your day-to-day -day life. I think it's really hard for guys when they are going through this process. I think that many times they feel marginalized on the outside of it because, I mean, not that they want to have all the tests that we have to go through as women if we're having fertility issues, but they're not going through all those tests and they're just kind of have to, you know, they have to do their semen analysis and that's it. And then the female has, she has to get blood drawn and x-rays and ultrasounds injections. and injections and all of that stuff. And so they're kind of on the side a little bit. I think that that can be really hard. And this isn't really coming from where my medical training is, but it's right. more just kind of what I observe is that guys like to fix things and they can't fix it for you. And that's a problem. And so I think that it can be really helpful 
um, sometimes to kind of bring them into the process in whatever way you think it will help them to kind of cope with it and help you. So they want to help you. So if you can find a little thing that they can do that can help you and whether that's giving you a massage every night or doing your injections or mixing them or holding your hand when you're doing your injections, if you're going through IVF, just involving them in some way, I think is really helpful. Um, I think that guys deal with stress and grief in very different ways than women. And I think we have to respect that. And they may not want to emote and articulate how sad they are to you or even to their friends, but maybe they just need to spend time with their friends. And so allowing them to have that space and get the support, whatever it is that they need. That's, that's fantastic advice. And just speaking from a guy perspective, if like Jana came to, has done this, um, before we had our son Jace and we suffered from miscarriage and, you know, she asked me like how I was feeling and not only does that allow me to not feel alone and feel like I just have to be strong and not let anything affect me, but in turn it helped her because then she doesn't feel like she's the only one with those feelings and those emotions. And so that just that simple question hearing from, from Jana, I mean, did wonders for us in our relationship moving forward. So we feel like a team because it is, unfortunately, you know, you all have to go through the more physical aspect of it. But, you know, when you have a loss, we have a loss too. And that kind of gets lost in translation a lot of times. So I think it's because we feel like it's our body. It's our fault. And that's how I always felt was it was my fault. Mm -hmm. And and I let him down again. And I'm not I'm not a a good enough wife or a good enough mother. And I'm, I'm not my my body isn't good enough to to birth a baby and to hold the baby. Cause I'm like, why can't I hold a child? Why do I keep losing? So I think we just put all that stress on ourselves, which yeah. it's know, always, yeah. I think it's always hard for the person who maybe has the bigger issue and it's, it's hard for everybody, but it's just a different type of hard. What <laughs> amount of stress do you really think plays into not conceiving? Because I've had so many doctors and, you know, the fertility doctors to my gynecologist saying and to family and friends. And I'd say this to people too, like, don't stress. It's going to happen. But it's hard not to stress. So is is stress, I mean, is it, can that really cause a miscarriage? No. So stress can't, it can't cause a miscarriage. Um, but it plays a role. It's still there. It's a little role. It's not maybe as big as age, but it's there. Um, and so I think that's important to the extent that you can do anything to manage your stress during an IVF cycle. Um, I have patients that feel like sometimes, oh, I have to take herbs and acupuncture or whatever. And I said, okay, well, if that makes you feel good, we think it could potentially be helpful. But if it's stressing you out to get to all those acupuncture appointments, then maybe it's not (laughs) worth it. Um, But, you know, people are stressed all the time and they get pregnant. I mean, every patient that walks in my office who's not able to have a baby and wants a baby, they're stressed. Okay, so we actually have um, a wind down listener online with us right now, uh, Caitlin. Hey, hey, Caitlin. So you got the wind down crew um, and a specialist because we're <laughs> we're not the specialists, um, but Dr. Kristen um, wants to help you. So could you tell her what's going on, and then hopefully we can uh, give you some good insight. Sure. Yeah, my husband and I um, we had a child seven years ago together, and we were very young. And we weren't married, and so we wanted to wait until we were married to have our second. So we waited about four and a half years to start trying again after we had actually gotten married. And we went on our honeymoon, and we came back, and so we started to try. And it has been about two years, and we have not had any luck. 
And it's gotten to the point where, you know, it's a little bit frustrating. And we've tried the natural way. And recently, um, I was prescribed a drug called Clomid that's supposed to help you with your ovulation to conceive. And currently, I am doing that now. But um, I just had a few questions for Dr. Kristen. Specifically, at what point during the trying to conceive process should IVF become an option? So if you isn't working on your own, um, typically the most common form of kind of like a lesser treatment than IVF is doing Clomid, which is what you're on. And the goal Mm -hmm. of Clomid is to make you ovulate two or three eggs instead of just one. Um, Mm -hmm. the Clomid really should be coupled with an insemination, which is where we get the sperm sample from the guy, get the best sperm. We place it at the top of the uterus. So it's much closer to where the egg is going to be. Um, Mm -hmm. if Clomid IUIs haven't worked in three cycles, the chance that they're going to be effective for you is actually really low. And so at that point, you're better off just saving your money for IVF and just continuing to try to get pregnant on your own in terms of thinking about IVF. Um, and understanding how useful it might be for you. Um, There are kind of two main things that really contribute to the success of IVF, and that's um, the quality of the eggs that you're going to have, which is related to your age, and then also the number of eggs. Um, And the number of eggs that you're going to get in an IVF cycle, that can be um, predicted um, by some simple tests that your doctor can do. So they can do an ultrasound and look at something called the antrophollicle count, and that's counting Um, the number of eggs they think that are available in any given month, and then also understanding some of your hormone tests. So there are these two tests called AMH and FSH, and those are predictors of how well your ovaries are functioning. And so if we give you medications, what proportion of those eggs are going to grow? So if you're starting out with 10 eggs, are you going to get 9 to 10 eggs in an IVF cycle? Are you going to get closer to only 5? And so understanding the number of eggs that you individually might make in a cycle and how old you are, and so therefore... Um, the chance that that egg is going to become an embryo and become a baby, that is really important in understanding how useful IVF will be for you. Okay. Okay. So there's not really a set time frame as to where a couple should really consider it? Well, if you've done three cycles of the Clomid with, mm-hmm. with the IUIs, then the chance that that Clomid IUI is going to be effective is actually the same as if you're just having sex at home around ovulation. And so really maxing out at three cycles, and this is for women who are already ovulating and we're just trying to make them ovulate more eggs. So maxing out at three cycles is really the point where you should move to IVF. And she was also saying too, Caitlin, um, timing wise to try to get the embryos and eggs before you're 35, right? Dr. Kristen? Yeah, so if you're certainly if you're egg freezing or embryo freezing, I have more couples that they themselves are not ready to actually have children, but they want to be proactive and make sure that it can happen in the future. And so um, couples can come in and freeze embryos. Or if you are young and you haven't met a right partner and you're a woman and you want to preserve your ability to get pregnant, coming in and freezing eggs, um, doing that before the age of 35 is ideal. But I have lots of women that are 38, 39, and they haven't met the right guy and just didn't think about freezing eggs before when they were younger. And so they're still coming in. It still can be useful. They may not have Mm -hmm. the same chance of success as someone who's doing it 32, but it's still useful. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Well, that's helpful information. We're we're praying for you guys and um, we're all here for you if, if, you know, through it. Because I've been through it and it's, it's, it's not fun, but at the same time, there's always 
And how do I say it? Like, it's such a hard thing to say. What, there's always a possibility? Yeah, because it's, mm-hmm. it's just in that moment, I remember watching our IVF when it failed, the videos that I took, and just like how destroyed I was. But then, you know, eight months later, I'm holding our, our son. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's tough to remain hopeful, I think, um, with each passing month when, you know, you're, you're hoping that it worked or that it took. And, mm-hmm. of course, you start your period, and then it's, mm-hmm. here we go again. We start all over. So And a month seems like forever. It does, yeah. And so it feels like it's been a really long waiting game for the last 24 months. And it's rough, too, when, you know, you're on social media and all, everyone you, mm-hmm. you seem to know or follow happens to be pregnant or is getting pregnant. And it seems so easy and it's frustrating when, you know, you're doing everything that they say you should be doing. It's just not, it's not working. And know that you're not alone, right? I mean, there's thousands of women and couples that are out there just like you that are going through similar circumstances. They're just not posting it on Instagram necessarily. Sure. Um, and so you're not alone and hang in there. I mean, and will you please keep us uh, posted too? Yes, absolutely. Send us the I good will. news. Thank you guys for the information. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, Caitlin, Thank you, for Caitlin. listening. Okay. Have okay. a good one. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. How many IVF cycles can you go through? There isn't a number. Okay. Um, but we know that, you know, especially when you're older, let's say, say you're 42 and you're going through IVF, it's not going to necessarily work the first time. And in right. fact, there are actually pretty good studies that show you can do it five times and your chances of getting pregnant are the same. It's just that it's a lower likelihood that it's going to help. I mean, IVF doesn't make your eggs better. We just improve your odds of getting pregnant by making you make more in the hopes that there's a normal one in there and then optimizing the chance that that egg is going to get fertilized by a sperm. And so we're improving your odds of getting pregnant. But with one IVF cycle, sometimes it's just not enough and you have to do it a couple of times. Well, Dr. Kristen, where can our listeners find you, especially if they're in the L.A. area? Uh, Well, I work at USC. So uscfertility.org is our website. Um, I'm also on social media. So I have my own website at drkristenbendixson.org. And I'm on Instagram. And What's your Instagram handle? Um, Dr. Kristen Bendixson. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, so now that I don't have a baby anymore, um, my periods have officially come back. And so I am a big advocate for Lola. So what I love about Lola is that they are 100% natural and it's just easy to feel good about. There's no um, BS, there's no mystery fibers or even doubt about what's going into your body. Um, what's really great about it too is Lola would deliver exactly what you need exactly when you need it. So for me, I always know now when my period's coming because Lola shows up at my door. And the great thing too is that you're able to customize your order. So sometimes I don't need all the supers or the regulars. I mean, you can 100% customize it to however your period is. They have pads as well, um, cotton, tampons, pads, liners, and all natural cleansing wipes. I love my Lola. Um, Again, it's delivered right to my door in a very discreet box. Uh, so that's always nice. Um, they're 100% organic cotton, B- BPA-free, tampon applicators. Leaves me worry-free about what I'm putting in my body. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter Jana when you subscribe. I have some emails here, but uh, Jana's mid-Apple right now. Apple's kind of give me trauma, by the way, because my dad, he'd always chew apples really aggressively and he'd smack you know like smackers anyways so i I get traumatized 
My dad eats apples whole. There is no core when my dad finishes an apple. He eats the seeds. He will remove the stem before he eats it, but otherwise it's all going down. Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) I love that. It's a convenience thing. Because when my dad's on the couch eating an apple, he doesn't want to have to get up and go to the trash to throw his core away. So he just eats the whole thing. Or drive it. That's such like an old man thing. Well, I'm just curious now that we're on the apple topic. Is are you a throw the apple out the window when you're driving, or keep it in your car? I keep it in my car. I used to be a thrower. What? But I feel weird about it. I keep I'm it in a, my car. Why not? You're gonna you're feeding the animals, and then people say, "Well, the animals are gonna go in the middle of the road and then get hit by a car." But I throw it all the way to the well, side of the road. What's, what's funny about Janice saying that though? For the longest time, she'd have the worst luck throwing an apple core out the window. <laughs> It could be a green pasture, nothing in sight, baby. But when she throws it out, bam, it hits that one sign that's there for 10 miles, and it bounces back onto the road. Like, it, there's a period of time where it just happened all, every time. Is it was amazing. Is it illegal or illegal? It's not. It's illegal? What? To throw out food? Can you Google that? Can someone Google that? It decomposes. No need. The only thing you can throw out of a car is water and chicken feathers. That's the only two legal substances. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Who Who throws chicken feathers outside of a window? Farmers transporting chickens. Wait, I'm sorry. I don't understand why it's illegal to throw food out the window. Because it's littering. It's not littering. All right, there's one thing you said about food. Like you can't be throwing out like your half-eaten McDonald's and like stuff like that. Biodegradable items are considered litter. That's wow. (laughs) I do it all the time. You can't throw gum. Well, gum I get because then that's 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 sticking to the orange peels. Orange peels, yeah. Again, anything anything an animal can eat, I throw out. So I would throw out the burger because that animal oh, that, would okay, love like a coyote. Yeah, or, yeah. In your sure, world, feed the then, coyote. There's just burgers and fries all over the sidewalks, <laughs> and it's all fine. Oh, no, I just eat like apples and bananas. So I just throw the. Oh no! Oh shoot! I do do the peel. The peels, right? That oh, decomposes. No. My dad and I used to put it in our compost oh. pile because it decomposes. It becomes compost. <laughs> Was that? It comes from the. Campuses. It comes from the earth. We're putting it back. Not right the away earth. though, and then you throw it on the road, and you got a Mario Kart situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bowser sliding all over the road. You can't throw it on the road. All because I'm eating an apple right now. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I really do try to throw it so that they don't come back in the road because I know that that's not nice. But, anywho, if not, I'm. I leave so much crap in my car. Okay. Anyways, you have the dirtiest car. Okay. <laughs> so. What's up? They say that people with dirty cars have clean houses and vice versa. Oh, wait. True? Say that one more time, If you people? have a dirty, a dirty car, you have a tidy, clean house. Yes. What about and, those of us who have a opposite. clean car and clean house? No, oh. no, 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 no. Your boy. Zero. Zero. Your boy. You have all that crap by the side of the bed that you do not clean. That's something you put there. That's not mine. Oh, you know what's there? I'm sorry. Time out. You know what's there? The intimacy box that I've placed next to his bed. Yet he's still, he left it outside for like three days. Uh. Didn't even bring it in. Wow. All right. Guess that's staying that outside. Was, it, we have the 15 swaddles that you can, like not swaddles, but the carriers. Oh, the wraps. The wraps really that you couldn't figure out. out. And you just left them on my side of the bed behind I, the door. I could never, never figure the wraps out. No. But I loved my baby bjorn or whatever the clips great yes that's but we have that one supposed to, i never could figure out how to put the baby in and then tie it jen come on over i'll teach you something <laughs> <laughs> whatever you don't even know I don't need to know mark do you have an email <laughs> hey, this is from liana i'm a new listener and love the podcast that's very nice 
been married five years and haven't had a year without catching my husband cheating on me. Oh, let's bring the mood down. He won't go to counseling. I've tried for years to make this work, and now that I'm at my breaking point, he finally wants to try. What should I do? No kids yet. Thanks, Leanna. Leave. No kids yet. Thank God. That's your opportunity. The fact that he doesn't want to get help, but then he just finally did, I don't think it looks too bright for you. What do you guys think? Yeah, she needs to find somebody who respects her and is 100% into the relationship. As soon as he gets comfortable, if she gives him another chance, as soon as he gets comfortable again, he's going to do it. If he's done it every year for five years. Yeah, this girl that I was talking to, I talked to a few girls on my DM on Instagram, and she's said the same thing. Like, my husband just will not go to therapy, and he keeps cheating. And it's like, honey, like, you... You're doing the work you're trying, but if he's not doing it, like you have to leave. Yeah, you have to because he's going to keep doing it, and he's not getting help. So that's what. And she's allowing it, yeah, because she's staying and saying, "Oh, you're not going to therapy? Okay, well, Mm -hmm. you know, it's." And she needs to look internally and figure out what it is about her self-esteem and situation that would allow this to happen to her over and over and over again. Daddy issues. You deserve better, Leanna. Yes, she does. We all do that, though. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah, we do. We all do what? And well, time out, though. In the defense of this guy, maybe he needed that last swift kick in the butt like you did, babe. Playing devil's advocate. You messed up a couple times, you know? So, and it was that last swift kick in the butt that right. put you there. Right. So maybe this but guy th- needed that last swift kick. I'd yes. like to dig a little deeper with Leanna and her Amy. husband to find out what's going on. Because there's something deeper there. It's not just like this guy goes out and gets his Hey, Leanne, if you're listening, um, email, email Jana Kramer at iHeartMedia.com and we'll, we'll have you call in. To, yeah. to dig a little deeper to see if there's another side to that. Because I'm saying, like, the guy side, maybe he just needed that last bit. Maybe he really is ready now. I mean, yeah, obviously for me going through it, I want to be able to have the guys back and give him benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. But if every year for five years. That's, yeah, that's it's like, yeah. I, also, the history, was he doing this when they were dating? Well, exactly. We need to figure that out. Because yeah. it's dating and then, okay, you know. Right. Still not right, but. hmm like Amy said, we need to get to the weeds of this, Leanne. Yep. Give us a call. This is Danielle. She says, there's a topic I would like to see if you could discuss. I'm dealing with a very narcissistic mother-in-law and continue to be triggered Jen, by Jen, her toxic Jen. habits. That's quite a sentence right there. My husband and I have been trying to move on from it for quite some time, but we're always going in circles because she is his mom. She's very passive-aggressive and lashes out when we least expect it. For example, after our son was born at the hospital. I feel like this is a very common issue in many marriages. As his wife, I want to set boundaries, but I don't feel like he and I are truly on the same page when it comes to addressing the situation. I want to tackle it head on. He is a little more cautious than I am. Any advice would be helpful. P.S. That swaddle story was so terrifying. Glad everything was okay and your mom instincts set in. Thank you for the podcast and the authenticity. Thanks, Danielle. Jen, go ahead. (laughs) I just, I dealt with that for so many years, almost 19 years. And I have never felt more free. <laughs> well, because you divorced him, though. I divorced him, but I'm. So you're saying I not just, to divorce him? No, I'm not saying that. But you, when there is a narcissist in the family, in the mother-in-law, it's you just you can't tackle it in any way except to 
put up your boundaries, which I took years, years to, you know, for me to learn how to do that. But you aren't going to escape it. He's never going to be 100% on your side because she's probably so manipulative Mm -hmm. that he's getting two stories and he's always believed his mother Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. she's who cared for him. So you're never going to win. There is no, I was going to say there's no winner in this, but she's the winner. But if you do not give that the attention and you cut the toxic energy off by don't go over there. When she comes over to the house, have appointments, go to yoga. You're going to have to really not spend time with her. She is always going to feel that way. Yeah. Our, Always. Our friend is kind of going through that. And, you know, they've been married for 20 ish, 20 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas she had to set massive boundaries mm-hmm. around it. But it took a while for her husband to even see what the mom was doing because they're right. so blinded, like you said, by yeah. their by their mother's. It's uh, that poor guy. I mean, you have the two most important women in your life pointing you two different directions. And it's like you said, Jen, I mean, his mother's been there his whole life. That's all he right. knows until he met his wife. Right. So. And he's also programmed. By her manipulation. Right. Because even your husband as a toddler was being manipulated because that's what narcissists do. So, you know, it's so it's not his fault. No. If Danielle can have some empathy Mm -hmm. and look at it from that standpoint, be like, you know, this has to be hard that you feel like you're in the middle. Right. And have to deal with this. Like, how can I help you? Instead of her being like, you have to say no to your mother. We have to do this. Being like, hey, how can I help you like figure this out? What can we do as opposed to attacking? I'm kind of on two sides sides of this because before I had a son, I would say, oh, that mom's just enabling and she's being, (laughs) you know, he's just a mama's boy and blah, 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 blah. And just make every excuse. Like how I always said with Pam, I was like, I can't believe Pam thinks that we should spend every Christmas at her house, you know? And then now. She never said. Okay. But then, but then now it's, my son is spending every Christmas with me and I'm going to have him by my side and I'm not going to, so now it's like, he's my boy. Right. And I may not be a narcissist, but he's, he's the love of my life. Like I'm his first and only woman he'll ever love. <laughs> so, Monster in law yeah. in the making. I mean, I'm, and I'm reading, I'm like, oh, that's going to be me. Like you're I'm going to be, gonna be, the, be I'm going to be, be terrible. You're going to be the I worst. Like I will. He's my boy. Like I am so literally obsessed with that boy. No girl will be perfect for him. Like, it makes me want to cry. Like, no girl Jana's will be. Jana's going to size that little oh. shouty that comes in right, oh. right, immediately. Oh. Out of my house. Yeah. Get out immediately. Immediate judgment from the Immediately appearance. walk out of the room. Don't like your hands. Out. Side eye. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, you're going to be bad. Sorry, bad, Danielle. Bad. Just deal with it. Yo. <laughs> you know what else, Danielle, what you need to do is educate yourself and your husband on narcissists and how they behave and how they are in relationships. And it will give you a better understanding and will also help your husband wrap his head around the behavior. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So huge thank you to Joybird. Go to joybird.com slash Jana and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code Jana. Brooklinen, get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code Jana at brooklinen.com. Quip, that's your first refill pack free at getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Jana. Lola, for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter Jana when you subscribe. Okay, this has been a really fun show. 
I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. There's been some good That's emails. Fun. Dr. Kristen was great. Jen, it's love having you back. The fertility stuff. It is. is. It's sad. I just feel. I know. Because we've been there. We've been not being able to have a baby. It's just. Yeah. There's so many women out there in that situation. So we love you. And uh, let's wind down again next week. Oh, by the way, next week for sure, FGL, one of them will be here. I messed up on my dates, but next week, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> The apple crunch. <laughs> Back to the apple. Discover the rich, smooth taste of matcha love made with Japanese green tea and real matcha. There are so many culinary treats to create with this precious powder that go beyond the traditional tea ceremony. Everything from lattes to baked goods to smoothies, experience the vitality of the whole tea leaf. Matcha is vibrant in taste and full of powerful health benefits. Get 25% off all Matcha Love products on etoin.com using code JANA. That's code J-A-N-A at I-T-O-E-N.com. Available on Amazon and etoin.com. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plans starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do. Enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit facet.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.